I'm going to get right into it. Um, there's one scripture that I have in my house that's one of my favorites. It's uh, Jeremy 1 and 5. You don't re- even have to go there if you don't want to. I'm just going to read it really quick because I just want it in the back of your mind. Um, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before they camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That word sanctified means to be set apart, to devote, to be consecrated, to keep oneself apart or separate. But one of Strong's definition is to prepare. Bishop, can I have you pray for me? In the name of Jesus, Lord, your presence is already here. Your hand is resting up on your female servant. God, I'm asking that you give her liberty to speak your counsel, the counsel of your will. Let your word go forth, God, with power, demonstration, and manifestation. God, I'm asking that this word that's going forth will prosper where it's sent today. And God, I take authority over any distraction, any hindrance in this place. And God, I'm asking, oh God, that on your command, if you see fit tonight, allow your angels to minister in this place. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Bishop. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It was a struggle leading up to this. Um, I, th- I think it was because it was the holidays or because we went out of out of town or what have you, but it was a struggle trying to get my like clear direction. Um, and to be honest with you, it was probably a day before we were to minister last week that the Lord finally showed me something. And normally I come up here with like 17 pages. I have two and a half. So I may not be here for the full 20 minutes, but I hope that I can just relay what the Lord showed me in my daily reading. Um, we're we're going to be in Judges 4, if you want to go. Um, I'll go ahead and start for time's sakes. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in the Harosheth Hagoyim. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time, and she would sit underneath the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abonum from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtal and of the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said unto her, if you'll go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. 
So she said, I will surely go with you nevertheless. There will be no glory for you in the journey you're taking, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. He went up with 10,000 men under his command and Deborah up with him. This may seem familiar. I don't know if it's just because God talked to me so much about it or if it had been brought up before. But I'm sorry, you can sit. Verse 11 is what struck me in my daily reading, and that's where I kind of want to focus, and I'll paraphrase the rest of it. Um, But verse 11, it seems kind of out of what we're talking about. He had, you've got Deborah the prophetess that is hearing from the Lord. She's a judge. She is um, in a place of authority. People would come up to her on the hill under the palm tree, and they would plead their case. And she would offer uh, justice up for their case. So she was a woman of wisdom. And she has heard from the Lord, and she has given that word to Barak and told him, basically guaranteeing his victory whenever he goes out to this war. Okay? So verse 11, Now Heber, the Kenite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the terebinth tree at Zanum, which is beside Kadesh. So when I'm reading this, um, and I'm searching for the Lord, it's like a day before I minister. Like, God, I don't like this game you're playing with me right now. I'm freaking out. But that one word, that one scripture, and I think that's why I'm nervous is because I just have like one or two scriptures for real. I'm not going to be 20 minutes. I'm not going to be like Pastor Ruth. I'm going to be short. (laughs) But... um, so that verse, what jumped out at me was the New King, Jer- King, King James Version says that Heber, the Kenite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites, his family, and pitched his tent near the Terebinth tree, right? The King James Version says that he severed himself from the Kenites. And so whenever I went to break that down, because that word jumped out at me, that separation, that severance, when you break that word down, it means to divide, to be separated, to make division, to make a separation, to break through, to spread or separate oneself, to disperse, divide, to be out of joint, apart, scattered abroad, stretched, Asundered, meaning to be split apart, to break into two, to become parted or disunit, disunified. This severed is a harsh thing, it seems. It doesn't really say when you search it out why the Heber clan separated from his family, but they had all separated in the southern plains, and he had separated from his family and settled on his own up in the north. So when I was reading this, I kind of took my own liberty. I, because it doesn't actually say why they separated, I have to take the, into account like why, 
what the meaning of it was, the meaning of that word severed, scattered, be out of joint, to break apart. That's a harsh separation. It's not an easy thing. It's probably a lonely thing. It probably was a hurtful thing. But with me... I'm not sure why the separation, but the Bible doesn't address that reason. Normally, families settle on their own land in their own territories together. It provides protection. And um, because the Bible doesn't specify, I have to go back to the actual definition. And to, to basically to see that it was a ripping apart of a family. It was a ripping apart. And the reason that this kind of jumped out to me is because if you go back to Judges 4 and you go back, um, let's say, in verse 12 and continue to report, uh, they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinabim, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Harasheth, Hagoyim, in the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, again, up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone down before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him, and the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak, and Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Harasheth Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. In verse 17, however, <coughs> Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. So what I want to bring out... Psalms 37:23 it states you don't have to go there the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord the steps the going of a good man that man when you break it down means hebrew word gerber means warrior strong man emphasizing strength or ability to fight god orders the goings of his warriors and he's pleased in the journey his course of life i know none of this probably makes sense and i'll try to i'll try to wrap it up but when I was reading this, the past couple of years has been super stressful. It's been super painful for a lot of us. There's been separations. There's been moving of families. There has been relocatings of people. And we've had to all adjust to it. And I know I had this last week, so it may seem like it's like echoing what was spoken on Sunday. But that was just confirmation to me. This body is going through a shifting, and this scripture has reminded me that not every separation needs to be repaired. Not every separation is something that we need to go in and put our hands on. We have to allow God to move and relocate because, like he's been mentioned numerous times, that when, like when Bishop was moved out from underneath his father. He was allowed, I mean, look at him now. He mentioned on Sunday about Pastor Ruth when she went to Longview. Look at her now. Pastor Moore, I mean, Crystal Moore, First Lady Moore is leading worship. 
her children were leading worship that was not able to be, it probably could have, but what I'm, my point is when you move around, you're allowing, even though there's pain, even though there's separation, and it's probably a hurtful scattering of abroad, this is something that God is doing in us. We're on the precipice of 2023 because we have to recognize that even though we're dealing with pain, we have to understand God's purpose behind it. Um, And that's hard to do when you're in the midst of it. Whenever you are going through it, all you see is the pain. All you see is the hurt of it, but you have to trust God. You have to understand, like it says in Psalms 20 or 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He is teaching us to fight. We have to be able to move. The influx is coming in. Each one of y'all have a purpose in a position. Um, and back to Judges 4, Deborah was a prophetess. She's a very um, known. People knew her. They went to seek her. She was a judge. She um, offered counsel. She had a very prominent position. When, I don't even know if I read it, but J.L., when she, maybe I didn't read it. Maybe I should read it. Verse 19, then he said to her, uh, oh no, a little bit further up. When Sisera fled, in verse 17, when he fled away on foot, he went to Jael, the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber. She didn't even have any kind of known name. She's only listed here as the wife of Heber. So she wasn't well known, but she was in her position in that was brought out because of the separation from her family. She may not have understood it when it was happening. She had to obey and trust in the Lord and be available in that place. So I don't have much more, but um, Deborah, whenever... Verse 14 and 15, Deborah reminds Barak of his impending victory. And verse 16, so he reminds her. But whenever he, she had spoken to him earlier and she said that I'm going to go with you. That is a testament to how much of her influence and how respected she was. But she went with him and guaranteed the victory, but it wouldn't be for his glory. It would be for the glory of the woman. And I always thought that that was Deborah. Like, that's fine. It's going to be my glory. I'm going to go with you. But no, it's JL, this no name, this no name person. And the reason that I'm bringing this out is, first of all, the separation is not an easy thing to go through, but you have to allow God to move you as he sees fit. Years ago, whenever I first got the Holy Ghost, um, I was engaged to a man, and, of course a man, a five, (laughs) five days (laughs) before our wedding, it was the first time that I had heard the Lord speak to me audibly, and I was a brand new convert, so that freaked me out, but I was in an empty house, so I was like, this is God, and he said to me, choose him or me, so at that point, I was just a few days away from getting married. I loved him. I cried for that man for months, but I chose God. If, yeah, exactly. 
if I had stayed with him, if I had married him, I would not be serving God. I would not. My whole lineage would have been affected. My whole family, my children and my children's children. But when I was going through it, all I knew was pain. I didn't understand why God was asking me to do that. I just had to trust he knows what's best and I had to walk in it. I'm still single, but it's okay because it is God's plan, not mine. So, seriously, I think I'm almost finished, Sister Melanie. Um, The last few years have been traumatic for a lot of people. It's been tough, but we have to keep in mind, if there's been a separation of any kind, whether family, friend, loss of a job, health crisis, or any kind of loss or divide, it may be painful, but it's purposeful. It's not punishment it's placement God has a purpose in all that you're going through before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee I prepared thee I sanctified thee every person in here you have a purpose I know that sounds very cliche but whether you're a Deborah that is very well known or whether you're a JL and your gifting or your talents are not as well known and you're in the back or you're in, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you have to understand Deborah was not in the tent. JL was not up on the hill. She wasn't hearing from God and giving instructions to Barak to win the battle. You have to know that wherever you are placed, whatever you are giftings you have you have to operate in that and know because the influx is coming and it's going to be great and you have to stand up you have to operate in your specific calling because that battle would not have been won if both of them or even Barack all of them didn't do their own part um So God orders the path of his warriors. He's pleased in the journey, whatever painful journey that is, the course of life. No matter who you are, you have got a purpose. So in closing, just remember there's purpose. Grief can overwhelm. Pain can paralyze. But get up and shake yourself. Stir up the gifts and operate where you've been placed. You have a purpose that only you can accomplish. Thank you.